Welcome to a brand new episode of the All Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Inman, joined as always by my producer to the stars and co-host, Chris Brito. It seems we have a new favorite to win it all this year, so Chris and I will discuss if we believe in the Golden State Warriors. Plus, we'll discuss our New York Knicks and why I'm absolutely done with the Ben Simmons saga. Before we get to all that, Chris, my friend, how are you? Hey, Stevie. You know, obviously happy for another episode of the All Hoops Podcast. You know. One of the big things that we were looking forward to with this Knicks team is like, what team were we going to get this year, right? A lot of unknowns with, you know, with Kimba Walker and Evan Fournier. Now we're getting a better sense of what that is. And the results have been mixed, right? I think that's the best way we can put it because we've, we've had some impressive wins over the Bulls, over the Bucks, but we've also had some deflating losses to like the Orlando Magic. I believe they have four wins. Two of them have been against the Knicks at home. So it's not great so far. And I think there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, other than that, I'm great. I'm going to go on vacation in a few days. Um, but before I go away, I want to know what you think about the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, this is a group that has had a lot of great wins, as you said. But they've also lost a lot of games that they shouldn't have lost. And to me, that's why this over-under was 40 and a half. That's what this team is. They're a team that's going to be up and down and you, I expect the defense to get better as the year goes on as Tom Thibodeau teams often do. Remember they weren't a a defensive juggernaut at this time last year, you know, so you have to remember that. And I I'm more concerned with the starting lineup than anything offensively, you know, Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, they're averaging 12 points a game. They're not passing the ball. They're not getting assists. They're shooting at a low percentage. You know, how do you get those two guys going, you know, is, is going to be a, a key test. And you brought it up before the show about, you know, can you put Evan Fournier on the bench? Not to take him out of the rotation, but can you take put him on the bench for, you know, a, a Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, one of those kind of guys you mentioned before the show. And I just think it's going to be super hard to do that when you're given Fournier three years and 60 million guaranteed the next three years. Well, I think... To be quite honest with you, it may still be early, but I think that's a look that you have to look at. I mean, test Fournier out and see how he does with the bench guys when he's still on the floor. But it's never a good sign to me that a guy like him is, you know, basically he plays for a few minutes, then he subbed out, doesn't get played in the fourth quarter. I mean, neither him or Kimba Walker have been seen in the fourth quarter. That's not a great sign. And like to depend on your bench to bail you out every single time, that doesn't exactly give me a lot of confidence in this roster moving forward. At the same time, um, the Knicks have basically been in every single game. It's not like they've lost big, they've not, haven't lost a big, big game yet. Um, And it's still very early. They're probably still getting used to each other. I mean, Look at what's happening with the Bulls in Chicago. That's an aberration. Like for, for, for new pieces to gel in there so quickly, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes it takes some time. And I think that's, what happen- that's what's happening with the Knicks right now too. Um, um, but just to stick on the subject of gelling and working well together, um, the Warriors, on the other hand, have been, you know, you've seen stability in that roster for a few years, right? You know, some minor pieces have been added here and there, 
But really, I think that speaks to the success of the Warriors, who I, who are right now killing the game right now. They beat the Nets at home in Brooklyn, blew and and blew them out. So their rise has been even more impressive considering everybody didn't really believe that they were going to be one of the contenders, but they look like a contender right now. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's the biggest story of the year right now. They are, you know, leading the West. They're 13 and two. They're leading all of basketball. Stephen Curry looks like the favorite for MVP at the very moment. Again, only 15 games, plenty can go, you know, wrong here, but Draymond Green looks like a defensive player of the year candidate you know, talking, you know, hearing from his coaches and stuff like that. They're like, what changed? This is a guy who looked not done, but looked like a much lesser player the last couple of years. And they basically just said having him with Team USA really jump-started his season and got him in that playoff mode, that playoff dream on mode, you know, early on. So he's ready to go. And I think he might be, I would put him as a favorite right now for defensive player of the year, Curry for MVP. And, you know, guys like Jordan Poole, who's been really good, and the mitten himself, Gary Payton the second, has been fantastic. Every night it seems like they're on, you know, one of these. Uh, <laughs> you got you like that one. Uh, I love that one. That's his. Did new you make nickname. that one up? Did you make no, that one up? That's going around. It's a uh, it's a bit it's a good one. It's going around, but uh, it seems like they're on TV every other night, and he's having some ferocious dunk. And so. My favorite, my favorite thing about Gary Payton the second is that his dad had this quote the other day. Yeah. when they were asking uh, about him and Gary Payton was basically joked around saying that, you know, you know, Gary Payton wasn't no, wasn't ever known for his athleticism. So he was suggesting that the mailman came when he was out of, <laughs> out yeah. of town. That, that's <laughs> something. It, I mean, like we're at the point where even in, in a, you know, obviously in a joking way that, you know, you know, even, St- uh, you know, Curry has stepped up with his defense as well. And like no, I saw I mean, him put the defensively, clamps. this is an excellent team. I've seen, and... I've seen, I've seen him put the clamps on James Harden the other night. Granted, James Harden is probably not at hundred percent, but to see that effort from Curry, I think if it, you know, there's a lot to be said about Curry. I think the success right now obviously has to do a lot with their defense, but Curry, man, he's been shooting lights out. And, I saw, and a, ridic- you know, I saw a ridiculous number, I believe. Um, you know, he's had this streak of at least nine three-pointers. Not streak, but he's had this, like, ongoing, and, and this record keeps on building, obviously. He's had, what, more than 38 or 39 games with at least nine three-pointers in a game? That's insane, dude. Yeah, I mean, he shattered every three-point record there is. And, you know, it's it's great because, you know, last year they were semi-competitive. They make the play and they lose. but you know, they haven't been very good the last couple of years. And to have yeah. this franchise with a top five player in the league, a really explosive player in Draymond, to have them back in the national spotlight like this, it's fantastic for the sport. It just is. You know, we always talk about it. You know, the league is better when the Knicks and the Lakers are good. Throw the Warriors into that mix as well, because having a, a Stephen Curry who can really you know, do all these things on the court on national TV most nights. It's it's amazing to see. And they're going to get Clay Thompson back. He's working out. He he looks like he's almost ready. It sounds like he's going to be ready around Christmas, which is going to be great. And, 
you know, we'll see how they could fit him in. What does he look like, you know, after two major surgeries? James Wiseman should be back soon. You know, this is a team that really took off once he got hurt last year. How does, you know, he come back? Does he slow them down? Do they put him in the rotation? Do they put him in the starting lineup? I'm curious to see how they play that out. It's the guy who's a number two pick overall last year. But at the same time, they're trying to win a championship. So what comes yeah. first, championship or development? I think I know. The, I think we know the answer. But it'll be curious to see how he fits into that group as well. So the whole rise of the Warriors has brought up the an interesting conversation about how to build a team. And, and you talk about that. Uh, you just mentioned about whether to develop or not. And obviously, we know the Warriors' priority right now is to win a championship. But just the way the Warriors are doing it, you know, speaks a lot to how they built their 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 championship teams from a few years ago. Right. They've developed the talent. They put them in a system. And right now, it seems like the continuity speaks to why the Warriors are doing so well. Right. And then you counter that with how the Nets are building their championship roster, which is basically, you know, lots of talent up front and then some decent, cheap pieces that you can add around them. And so if the Nets and Warriors end up being the, the, the two teams in the NBA finals, it'll be an interesting way to see what philosophy ends up working, you know? It would be awesome to see that, but it would be really, really special to see that if everybody's healthy. We had a fully healthy Klay Thompson. We get, you know, Kyrie Irving back. And you mentioned it before, James Harden is not the same player right now. And I don't believe it's just the foul stuff. I think he's still recovered from that hamstring last year. He just looks like a step slow. You know, maybe he's getting older, but at the same time, I, I think it's it's more the injury than anything. You remember, this is a guy who turned down a massive, massive extension to start the season, basically saying he wa- not that he expected more money as for agent, but he more wanted motivation. He wanted to motivate himself to get back and doing this. That's at least what he said. And I, I'm hopeful because, you know, if you put Durant, Harden, and Irving on a court all playing at 100%, I understand this Warrior team has been special. I don't think they can compete with that. So I'm still going with the Nets right now. We'll have to wait and see. But you know what? The Warriors, to me, are a special group. And to me, they've overtaken the Lakers as the top team out West, you know, as the as the favorites. Well, the one thing I will say about the Warriors right now, and just to close off, um, yeah. Steph Curry is playing like an MVP candidate. Yeah. And there's no reason why the Warriors should not be in the NBA finals contenders conversation anymore. Like they're clearly a lot better than the other teams right now in the West. You know, the Clippers are dealing with Kawhi Leonard, not being there. The Lakers haven't injured LeBron James. Um, You have Dallas who you never, you never really know what's going on in Dallas. And from there, it's kind of, it's basically a, a, a bunch of question marks, right? With these teams that, oh, the Sun, okay. The one exception may being the, the Phoenix Suns who are also coincidentally on a win streak or um, yeah. And Devin Booker's playing fantastic too. The West is as loaded as ever. And we went into it thinking it was the Lakers to lose. And now you're making the, you can make the case that there are five or six teams have kind of jumped them, which is uh, it, it's great to see. And, you know, we, when we first started doing this show, it was Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs. I could tell you it was going to be Warriors, Cavs before the season started, right? 
this time i remember i remember i remember that episode and it was maybe three or three years ago or something like that you're like it's just it's just it's gonna be warriors calves it's and like, it was. i remember that it yeah i mean that yeah so that was probably four years ago and to see now that there's so many teams that could go out and win this thing and an injury here and everything blows up uh, a trade here everything blows up so it's really just encouraging to know that you know Yes, our favorites, but like there's no guarantees right now. Anybody can really go win this thing, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to talk about it with you for the rest of the year. Let's move on uh, to something not as pleasant. Ben Simmons, more rumors. I, I can't stand this, Chris. I have a little mini rant here, and then I'll let you talk. But literally, I'm over this. Daryl Morey, just trade him already. I understand that you, know, you don't want to get fleeced on a deal, but like this is a guy who can't shoot. He really can't score. He blew it in the playoffs. He doesn't want to be there. He's not around. And I don't see how his value is going to increase. You have reportedly had pretty good packages on the table, like Malcolm Brogs and Karis LeVert. And the media is saying, good job by Daryl Morey, sticking to his guns. He's only going to trade him for a top 30 player. First of all, you're not getting a top 30 player for Ben Simmons. You're just not. He can't score. Like what, what, I don't know what I'm missing here. And then for the fact that they're having this public dispute, how in the world is his trade value going to increase coming off of that if he's not coming back to the team? So a few points on that. I think I have, I think I have a problem with a few things. One of them being that, you know, who is driving this message that, you know, all these r- rumor deals are on the table, right? Like, you know, it, it may be him, it may be the agents. Bottom line is this, you know, if Ben Simmons is, is someone who is really going through, I mean, I'm obviously inclined to believe him, um, who's going through these mental issues, just to see those things being played out in the public arena is frankly disgraceful because it, it, it seems to be a situation where one, one team, the Sixers want to end up looking like the 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 people trying to do everything possible to help him and then Ben Simmons is unreasonable and then obviously Ben Simmons's camp is out here trying to make the Sixers look unreasonable and it's just been this back and forth where like I think we're forgetting that it's still a person that being Ben Simmons who is at the at the crux of all this who is not really getting um maybe the help that he needs or the space that he needs I, I think that's fair. Um, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Not that I, I know him. I don't know who's saying what correctly. Oh, wait, you, you're, not, you're not cool with Ben Simmons? I mean, we can have him on the show anytime he wants. But, you know, we, we had Rich Paul and his camp coming out and saying Ben Simmons mentally is as strong as he's ever been. He's moved on past the playoffs. This was two months ago, mm-hmm. right before training camp. And now right, all of a sudden, what, what has changed... That's why I'm but, saying that, like, it, it, I think I, be, I do believe Ben Simmons is going through something. And I think that, like, between he's in a tug of war between these two powerful entities in his life. Yeah. And it's just such a, it's a volatile situation for someone who's going through something. So, the one, so sorry, the one thing I did want to give Maury credit for, um, which is paying off now, is the great play of, Tyrese Maxey. I mean, Tyrese Maxey looks fantastic right now. And like, 
the Sixers look like a revitalized group. Who knows? It's because if it's because of Simmons not playing or because the drama like, really is impacting saying. them. Like if you could take, you can keep Maxi in the starting lineup, and you trade, you know, Simmons. You get rid of the headache for Brogdon and Lavert, and you have Brogdon, Maxi, Lavert, you know, Tobias and Embiid. With you can make the case. Mm-hmm one of the most underrated players in all of basketball, Seth Curry off your bench, the only player in the NBA right now averaging 50, 40, 90. Like to me, that's a championship caliber team. And instead you have a team that's, you know, got a lot of good pieces, but at the same time, like you're not going anywhere with this group. Like they got it. They got to trade in this chip. And now they're saying this could be a multi-year thing. We have them under contract for four years. We might hold them for four years. Like, enough already he's not a to me he's not a top 10 player who justifies this he's not a top 20 player who could justify this he's like a top 40 player that's kind of where I see him I don't think he's a franchise guy until he gets a jump shot and I don't I'm just over this because there's so many important things going on in the NBA there's so many cool things going on in the NBA and to have every other day trade rumor oh now he's going to Detroit oh but this is from a few weeks ago and Detroit isn't interested in giving up much more than Jeremy Grant and the, the Sixers want a top 30 player. It's like, it, I'm over it. Just what, just trade yeah. him already. Yeah. I mean, it's again, like we've kept repeating after every rumor with Ben Simmons, only time will tell. And frankly, I think it'll really be up to Maury at this point to, to, to trade him. Even if it's like 75 cents on the dollar, like, that's we're what looking for 150 cents a dollar right now and i don't right pay. and i think people right. are overrating and, him and, as a player and you know there the, the what's going on with more reminds me a lot of someone that i know very personally uh a, a really good dear friend of mine who always likes to win every single trade in in every single possible scenario do you know who i'm talking about steve i don't want you enlighten me so steve so just for our listeners to know Steve loves to win at every single trade, every single trade. So does everybody else. And no, no. But these are unreasonable demands and the player can't help him right now. You could use Swift right now. What? You could use use Swift right now, but that's not the point. Oh, fantasy football. Yeah, I got fleeced in that fantasy football trade. So don't, don't talk to me about that. Um, but I'm curious to see how this plays out. I'm hoping this is done by the trade deadline, right? But the next key date in the Ben Simmons soccer to look at is December 15th, because that's the day where, you know, all teams who sign free agents in the offseason can trade those guys in deals, which makes it a lot easier to make moves because you can send back contracts that you signed this summer. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But for now, we, we continue to wait and let's get to our final thoughts right after this. All right, Chris, final thoughts time here. The Washington Wizards are a top four seed in the East. They are 10 and five. Bradley Beal isn't even playing that well. What is going on? You know, the Wizards have are going through a renaissance right now. I think we're seeing, you know, some shrewd moves from it by their front office. And we've seen like, you know, the likes of Kuzma, the likes of KCP, the likes of uh, Montrez Harrell play really well so the Wizards have been playing their best basketball since the likes of Beal since the likes of Joan Wall and Oubre when they were all in the Wizards and to see them play as well as they have right now is is you know good for them you know we went from Beal having to potentially leave a rebuilding situation 
to now them being one of the best teams in the East. And I think, you know, we were all sleeping on them, you know? And um, I don't know. Is there anything that you, besides the depth that they now have, they have a group of professional basketball players on that roster now. Is there anything else that you're attributing to their good play? I just want to give Tommy Shepard, the GM, a ton of credit because, you know, he came into this, he inherited a duo in Wall and Beal that did not work together. Wall had not played in a couple of years. He took this giant super max contract in John Wall and turned him into Russell Westbrook and then had a one pretty good year from Russell Westbrook, right? And then he flips Russell Westbrook for KCP, Kuzma, uh, who am I forgetting? Montrose Harrell and a first round pick, you know? So he took Russell Westbrook, got a year out of him. He got older and then turned him into even more stuff. So they, he did a great job here, re, really rebuilding on the fly around Bradley Beal. And they went from, okay, Bradley Beal is the next superstar to ask out to, wow, they really rebuilt this thing on the fly with Bradley Beal. And this, this team is not playing like to their highest potential. That's the crazy part. Bradley Beal's not shooting well. He's not shooting well from three. They have not gotten anything out of Rui Hachimura yet, who's been out the whole year. You know, you mentioned before the show, Gafford's been hurt. You know, I'm curious to see how they look fully strength. You know, Corey Kispert barely plays. So, like, this is a group that could really improve as the year goes on, believe it or not. And right now, they look like a legit top six seed. Top six. Okay. Like, Um, out out of the play in. That's how they look right now. I mean, they look better than the Knicks right now. Um, and the Dinwiddie move was fantastic. Fantastic Din- move. The thing, with, the thing with Dinwiddie is that he not only carries himself with such confidence in terms of handling himself on the floor, but he's also the smartest guy yeah. in the, on the floor most NBA nights, I would say. Like, he has an IQ that rivals the likes of, you know, LeBron James and whatnot. So I think Spencer Dinwiddie has been a huge asset in just, like, organizing that offense. And I think moving forward, you know, when they start playing like, you know, the more talented teams in the NBA, you know, and where they really fall in the rankings when it's all said and done, you know, like, you know, I wonder how even the Knicks, because I think the Wizards and the Knicks will be end up, will will fight for those like five, six, seven spots, you know, so, you know, how they match up with the Knicks and, and, you know, the Wizards are a completely different group. I mean, they were basically a bunch of G League guys plus Russell and, and Beal. Now it's a, it's a group of professional veteran basketball players. And it's good to see. Good to see Beal really stick to his guns and, and, and really wait on this front office. that has, you know, how many times do front offices say, oh, yeah, we'll get this together. But, no, they've actually got this together. Yeah, no, it's, it's been it's been really surprising to me. And, you know, as you said, I think there's two keys to seeing if the Washington Wizards can stay in that five, six, seven, eight spot, right? And it starts with Spencer Dinwiddie. is a guy who's not played basketball in basically a year. Can he hold up for an 82-game season? Is he going to need days off? Is he going to have nagging injuries? Is he going to slow down his production? How does he play? As the point guard, he's the second most important player on that team behind Bradley Beal. Secondly, defensively this has been one of the worst organizations in basketball the last few years they've been pretty good defensively to start the year can that stay up can they keep that afloat because they've been great offensively the last few years with as you said Bradley Beal and a bunch of G-leaguers now they've added some defense to it can that stay together 
Because if it can, then this is a legit team. And so far, there's no evidence that suggests they, they can't do it. I mean, Wes Unseld has done a great job in just really creating a, a group that has outperformed already. And I think, you know, just having that group there, you know, they, they can only trend up higher, I think. I don't think this is a team that'll fall off the cliff just because they have players who know how to do it, how to do things right. And um, I think the only thing that could really nag them is, in, is our obviously injuries, you know, like you don't want to see Spencer Dinwiddie later on in the season, like have some sort of setback um, because I don't know if they can survive something like that. No, they cannot. And I'm curious to see if Dinwiddie and Beal are healthy and this team is still in that four five, six range. Do they get to the deadline and they go, okay, we're a wing away from being a legit contender. Let's package Rui Hachimura, Kispert, some of these young guys and go out and see if we can go get a Jeremy Grant or, you know, some other, you know, pretty good wing who can really complete this team. So they went from a team that might dump everything and start over to maybe they're a piece away from being a legit contender. So it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. Our last thing here today, Chris, Staples Center is no more starting next month. It is now Crypto.com Arena. What do you think of this? So basically my reaction to it was like, oh, wow, that's that's kind of like an awkward name for an NBA arena. I I guess you wouldn't associate those two things ever being together, Crypto.com Arena or Crypto.com Court. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to end up calling it, but obviously they're going to include crypto.com in there somewhere. I know you have your thoughts. Um, But one thing really quick about that, like, you know, arenas and all these places where, you know, you know, famous arenas have all, their, their names have changed so much over the years. Like, it's not like even giant, like we're both Giants fans, right? Like we, we grew up where it was called Giants Stadium and now it's called MetLife Stadium. Life goes on. Right. So I have no problem with the sponsorship. Right. It's yeah, already, yeah, yeah. It was already hold sponsored. On, on, people on, forget that. Hold on. My point is that there are some people who are tied to the nostalgia thing. Right. Like w- when it comes to, to names of teams or when it comes to even names of stadiums, apparently, because of the Staples Center thing. So my whole point is that, like, yeah, people will be mad about it for some time. But then they'll forget about it and just like, okay, this is the place where my team plays. That's it. That's all that matters in the end. It would not surprise me in in a few years if Madison Square Garden was renamed to something else either. Like Chase Bank Arena. I mean, I know, I think what, the Warriors have that name, I believe now. But I'm just saying like. Yeah, they do. I, I think, I just think in general, I would not be surprised if if someone has the right dollar amount, the name will change. Yes. And it's, that's capitalism. There's no problem with that. I have no issue with that. The issue I have is... This, you have no issue with capitalism? No, I don't. But this is just such a mouthful oh, no. to say. Crypto.com arena, crypto.com court. Like, it sounds terrible. That's the issue. And this is one of the most famous organizations in sport. I understand it's a incredible amount of money, but I'm sure the person who finished second in this derby probably was offering a similar amount of money, right? Crypto.com did not go in hundreds of millions of dollars over the top, most likely. 
So I would have just went with something that just flows off the tongue a little better, like a Staples Center, right? So crypto.com, it's going to get shortened to crypto, crypto center, crypto arena, you know, within the next two years. And then how does that really help crypto.com, you know? And, you know, not to get off on a tangent, but crypto is a bubble. It might be a bubble. It might be our new way of making, making money, but we don't know. And, you know, there is a, a chance that 10 years from now, it doesn't exist. And what happens then? Well, I'll just say, I'll just say that, that, that Steve, that's what Steve believes, right? Um, I'm not saying that. I'm just I, thinking, I don't know if I even believe that. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I listen, think it'll be around in 10 I think, years. I think, I think, here's my thing. What, what crypto.com did is what I've seen from other different types of companies, like, like the Amway Center, right? Or the Orlando Magic Play. Amway, you know, I have family members who are involved in family in, in Amway. You know, we know what type of business that is, but, you know, because, you know, and part of their marketing pitch for people to like be part of what they are is that they have this building, that they have a building named after them, right? And I think it gives them some sort of legitimacy. It gives them some sort of clout and it helps in terms of like, people believing in their product. So I think that crypto.com doing it is follows like a similar model where That's they're true. doing this, they're doing this in order to like gain more legitimacy to see like, oh, you know, now it's the name of a place, you know, crypto.com center. Like it would not surprise me if we see more of these coins do this, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's that's that was my that was my first thought when I saw crypto.com. I, I think you're right. I probably, you know, shouldn't say this won't, this won't happen to be a thing in 10 years. No, I mean, I don't think it's a bubble. I invest in some crypto, right? You like, we all are kind of involved in this to a degree, but yeah, I just think it's a mouthful to say. And I think a team like the Lakers, you want to, you know, you want to have a, a cool sound and arena name. And maybe that doesn't matter when they're giving you $700 million, but that's just, that's just how but, I felt. Well, how about this? Would you go see a game at the CCC? What is that? Crypto.com Crypto. center. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like literally if you shorten this, it doesn't help the, the brand. But, but okay. But how many times do you say, oh, well, the Knicks are playing at Madison Square Garden. We say it a lot. Many. No, I think we say MSG. We say, we, we probably split those in half, but also like. like I'm trying to think of, of long, of long sounding arena names, but that's the first one I thought of. Because I don't, I don't think I really say Madison Square Garden that much. That much to me, I don't, I don't like, right? I mean, I, I, do, I don't know how they value these things. Oh, the garden. We just usually say the garden. No, we, we call it the garden, and we always call it the garden. And and if if we like, we don't know how they value these things. Like, is there value in people like us talk criticizing the name? Like, there might be. There might be some of value. Of course, in there, there now is. We, now we know what crypto.com is. I didn't know what this was before then. Of so course, yeah. there is some value in that. And people a lot smarter than us have, have done that math and said, okay, based on this and what the projected reaction would be, this is worth it for us, I think. So we'll have to wait and see it's on fucking that. Brilliant. And, yeah. It's so it's brilliant. I mean, you even have Vanessa Bryant chiming in. Yeah. And you know, I mean, at the end of the day, 
I don't think it's going to matter that much because, no. you, I mean, I don't go around thinking about any of the arenas that much. I just no, like I, care I really about. Don't either. It's it's also I just weird care about to visiting me that doing this in season. I think it's a bigger talking point because it's happening in season. Like literally, it's staples. I mean, that's probably day. why. That's probably why. Get the Christmas yeah. and it's crypto.com. Like it's that's weird to me, but it's not a big deal. You are correct. That's why this is in our final thoughts, and we're not leaving off the show with it. Well, the other thing too, don't the Lakers play on Christmas Day? Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> if anything, it's brilliant. Well, we will talk about where the Lakers play uh, on a future show. Obviously, we'll have our big Christmas show in about a month, so that'll be exciting to see. But Chris, anything else you have to say before we wrap up the show? Nobody. I'm. I want to see the Knicks um, figure things out, but mostly I want to see RJ Barrett figure things out. He's had it ever since our last show where we talked about how great he was playing he's been playing not great at all you know um so i i want to see him improve i want to see him improve and and randall too i mean randall it was a big piece of our success last year his three-point percentage it just seems like he's forcing up shots slash not finding a rhythm during the game so we'll see yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. Randall's only shooting 41% from the floor. Barrett's only shooting 40% from the floor. Those are things they got to get up. And, you know, we could talk about, you know, Fournier and Kemba and the starting lineup versus the bench. But at the end of the day, you got to get your two best players to play their best basketball. And if you're telling me, hey, the Knicks are eight and seven, they've had a pretty tough schedule to start the year and their two best players would be off. I would say you, you take it. And that's kind of yeah. where we at are right now. And uh, we'll have to wait and see. But that is going to do it for us here on the All Hoops podcast. Chris, thank you. As always, thank you all for listening and watching us on thank YouTube. You, buddy. Make sure to subscribe. We're going to have plenty more content as the season goes on. And we will talk to you soon. Bye, everyone.